Ladies and gentlemen, Legionnaires, welcome to this, your Legion of Myth live stream. And that's going to be episode 197 on the 18th of January, 20, it's the 19th of January, 2019. Ouch. Okay, well, I messed, the, I messed it up on that one. That's on me. But normally you'd be hearing the dulcet tones of Alex Garthon Marsh along with me, Brett Heathendog Grismer, but Garthon is gone. He's gone for the next two weeks for training. That's just the way it works. Life pulls you away and you got to turn lemons into lemonade or whatever the thing is. That's the way it is. But today's segments, as you can see, are going to be uh, Heathen Dogma, Anime on the Stream. We're going to do Sirius the Jaeger. Now, this was a, uh, a suggestion from Raven's Lair. Uh, he had watched it. And and he thought it, he you know he'd like he thought I'd like it so I watched it and spoiler I did and then I'm gonna watch uh, I'm gonna tell you about Godzilla three it's not really Godzilla three it's Godzilla the Planet Eater but net this is this is the Netflix three part series so they put a one two and three in all of the posters but they didn't put it in the title which is weird that's super weird and then after that we got a random number generator. And we're going to talk about the Orville Season 2. the hell were they thinking? Now, I talked about the Orville, and I talked big about it in the pre-stream, and that's all true. But Season 2, it seems it's a little bumpy start. All right, so I'm going to, I'm going to get into that as well. Now, this is the, the information and advertisements. Don't breeze out on me. This is important stuff. I want to tell you some stuff, especially about our donors. These are our subscribers for Twitch, and we love every one of them. Take a look at them. Uh, some of you are here. Some of you are gone. Here in spirit, obviously. And I uh, just want to let you know that every month, all of you subscribers are going to get something back. And we're going to get to that in just a minute. Now, our top donators, Baldahar, obviously, Streamlabs donations. And uh, uh, Zon Extreme, a.k.a. Zon, uh, 35,000 bits at the beginning of the month and it's probably more than that now so thank you very much we really appreciate it. especially games because we run out of games and Baldahar G Ren and Sheriff have given us a lot of games and we love that too now these are our goals for the year all right now these are important for us but they're going to be important for you too because for each one of these four categories that we hit and sustain for three months there is a prize giveaway for that platform so if we get a thousand followers on Twitch Everyone on Twitch is going to get a giveaway, a substantial giveaway, for just Twitch followers. Same goes for YouTube, same goes for Patreon. Now, if we hit all four, each goal is hit for three months, then we get the over $1,000 giveaway. Now, this isn't just $1,000 thing. This is a whole bunch of stuff, over $1,000 total, that we're going to give away to everybody. Everybody's in on it. It's going to be awesome. We want to give you these things. We want, to, we, want to we want to make it rain like a strip club. That's what we want here. It's going to be awesome. Now, uh, you can join the Legion, spread the word. If you want to uh, uh, leave any, uh, I don't know, any suggestions or complaints or attaboys or anything for comics or anime or tabletop reviews that you want, you want me to do or want Garth to do, leave them here. Uh, leave it on our Discord. Leave it on our Twitter Go to our YouTube, watch it there, leave it in the comments. We listen to those and we respond. Promise. And of course, you can watch it live here. And you can uh, download it and uh, on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play Music for later consumption. Maybe in your car. I don't know. Anything of Jiggly Bigglies. That's right. Uh, 
And of course, you want to support us a different way. You can uh, go to Patreon, of course, Streamlabs donation. That's always good. Always good. And of course, you can get our gear. Spreadshirt, you can see the shirts here. They're high quality stuff. This this is no is no Chinese knockoff nonsense. And of course, if you want to tell me I'm doing a good job right now because I have feelings, then you can go ahead and cheer right now if you want. <laughs> and it'll stop it'll stop me from crying. There you go. And of course, our upcoming activities. February 2019 is our next giveaway. We uh, we had one the the last weekend. Uh, every five subscriber entries in a giveaway will activate one. $25 Amazon gift card for subscribers only. Five people enter, one gift card gets given away. Ten people enter, two gift card. Three people enter, three, and so on. Now, the cool thing about this is I don't eliminate anyone from winning two in a row. I'm just going to hit give prize, give prize, give prize. So the same person could technically win all three, although that's statistically improbable, but it could happen. And of course, don't forget, save your money now. Gen Con 2020, it seems like it's a year away from the, from, the, uh, from the entries opening up, but that year goes by real quick and you want to save the money to go there because all the Legion's going to be there. And we're going to be rep representing Legion of Myth and we're going to be playing games with all of you. It's what we want to do. So don't miss that. Save your money. Be there. And of course, this is our schedule. Elgarian's probably told you all about this, but he, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Shroud of the Avatar. He does uh, he does uh, um, evening streams as well. I do streams of Star Trek Online and This War of Mine, and of course, this live stream. Garthon is uh, Star Trek Online with us. Uh, one day with uh, uh, both days actually with Elgarian. So yeah, you get if you want all the Legion, almost all Legion in one place, then there you go. Star Trek Online is where it's at. And of course, if you want to see some Max Liao, he stepped away from Twitch and he went to YouTube for his Angry Schlow show. Now, this is not family friendly, but it's, it's good for a laugh. In fact, the last one I was on there with him, we were playing Monopoly. And every time he had to pay me, he had to eat one of those uh, Harry Potter birdie bots beans. And uh, when he hit the rotten egg, he, he pretty much, he tapped out. He tapped out and he almost threw up. He had to drink. I don't know, like half a bottle of vodka to keep going. It was it was pretty funny. You can watch it on YouTube right now, actually, if you want. Not right now. You're watching this show, but, you know, after the show, you can watch it. It's pretty funny. All right, and of course, Elgarian, you know, he, he streams all the thing. Now, I want you, the, the reason there's two slides here is because I want to reiterate, not reiterate, but iterate, uh, that if you are new to Soda, new, new to the Shroud of the Avatar, you go to rpoda.com and sodahelp.org, and you can get all the help you need. If you want more help, then you watch his stream and you can ask him questions right there and he will be there for you. And this is our rating system. You're going to see this with me on the anime system. If you're in the if you're in the the gray type area, then you're fine, you know? 2 stars to 3 stars is fine. You're not going to have a bad time. You get into the red area, then I'm just telling you not to watch it. Just don't. It's a waste of time. You get in the green area, I would watch this above something else every time. So Take that new account when I get into my star ratings. Okay, and this is our disclaimer. This is very important. <clears throat> the opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host and or commentator and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. While we make an effort to provide a family-friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasional use of foul or offensive language. Thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. Did you like that? That was my announcer voice. That was pretty good, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right.
Okay, if you're a friend, of, if you're a fan of anime, tabletop gaming, or both, don't miss Heathen Dogs, Heathen Dogma, right here. Every week, I alternate between anime reviews and tabletop gaming fundamentals. Go and watch live and chat with me every Saturday, 8 p.m. Central Time, to share your thoughts and recommendations. Awesome. Let's get it on. And here we are, Anime on the Stream, where I take anime from either Netflix or Hulu, the two most popular platforms for viewing what used to be television, and I figure, why would you want to subscribe to another service just to get anime? If I can find you gems on Hulu or Netflix, then watch those, save some money, right? Well, let's get into that. First one, Sirius the Jaeger. Sirius the Jaeger, that's, that's pretty funny. Oh, and Duncan says, if you're lucky, you'll get to see Duncan not believing he the dog and jumping to something despite all warnings. Yep, yep, the half-star challenge. Don't, don't take it. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. If I give something a half-star, don't do it. Anyway, the Sirius the Jaeger. It's uh, set in the 1930s, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's a vampire story, all right? It's not, not, not a Twilight story. It's the other side of the coin. Uh, the, uh, the Jaegers are hunters. They're vampire hunters. They hunt vampires because vampires kill folk, and so Jaegers kill vampires. I mean, and it, it's pretty simplistic on the surface, but I'm going to get into it in just a minute. Now, these are the details. Now, normally, I read... Yes, Raven's Lair, I did check it out, and I, I gave you credit in the beginning. And I, I, I go through and read all of the Japanese names, but uh, Max Liao's wife, who is Japanese, uh, says I am getting increasingly worse. So I'm not going to read these names. I'm going to throw them up there for you. Let you have them right there. I will tell you that the original run was from July 2018 to September 2018. It's only 12 episodes, and you can watch it right now on Netflix. Now, we're going to get into the main characters. Yurichka Yuri Jirov. Now, uh, if, if you can't tell, he's from a uh, far eastern European region. That's just, it doesn't tell, doesn't, doesn't tell you exactly where. He basically lived in a mountain, but it doesn't exactly tell you where. But from his name and from the names of everyone around his home, his home village, yeah, Eastern European, that's what it is. Now, he's the last member of his tribe. The reason being was because vampires came and killed everybody else. Now, the, the special part of him, the reason why the vampires came was because his tribe was entrusted with a powerful artifact called the Ark of Sirius. And he was the tribe of Sirius. Now, uh, in the beginning of this thing, you think this is like an Ark of the Covenant type knot. This is like, oh my God, you can, you can, oh, you have the power of God if you get this thing. That's why the vampires want it. And that's why the tribe of Sirius was protecting it from everybody because they were like, this thing is too powerful, not for anybody. Humans can't handle this thing yet, so we're not going to. So, uh, word got out on where the village was. The vampires have been searching for it for a long time, but they finally got a break. And they found it, and they killed everybody. They didn't find the Ark, though, because Yuri's dad saw the writing on the wall, took the Ark, and hid it somewhere else. So the vampires didn't get it that day, but they got his entire fa- They got Yuri's entire family. Oh, yeah. And uh, he swore vengeance. Yep. Learned how to fight. Yep. And uh, he became a little bit of a butt kicker. Let's go ahead and I uh, got my first clip so you can see him kicking some butt right now. Yep, this is him uh, attacking a den of vampires all by himself because tactics are not his thing. And with uh, physical abilities like this, I understand. Oh, look at that smile. He is a hunter, all right. 
Uh-oh. And flip, flip, flip. There we go. Oh, God, no, die. There we go. That that was the, that was one of the many, many action scenes in this movie, and they're all crisp. As, as you can tell from that, the only blurring wasn't of the of the form of anyone's body it was the it was the uh the uh, three three uh poles that he put into a pole arm that he made into a pole arm at the end that's the only thing that blurred because it's meant to be faster than the human eye can follow that's why they blurred it which i will accept normally i don't like any blurring at all it just seems to be lazy lazy writing for me but yeah excellent fight scenes all the way around i loved it all right, let's see what we can see over here. Oh, and his group, the, the 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 people that he was jumping in front of and getting into the fight first in that clip are the V Shipping Company. That's a collection of people that have all been messed up by vampires. Their life has been upended by vampires at one point or another, and they decided they wanted to get some payback. And uh, the main guy, the, the uh, professor in the foreground middle, he collected all these people, found them, saved them, and turn them into an unstoppable fighting force against vampires. Now, each of them has a role. Fire support, tactics, heavy gunner. Uh, you can probably tell by by the the size. I mean, obviously, the heavy gunner is going to be the huge guy. You know, the, the, the fire support is actually the woman in red. And the, uh, the tactics is, is, of course, the professor in the foreground. And uh, the the sniper is the little blonde kid, and of course the the front hand to hand combatant is Yuri, <laughs> since he jumps in first anyway, can't really stop him. Now what these what these Jaegers do is under the cover of working for a shipping company, they can travel across borders, uh, ship all of their equipment with uh, with false labels stuff like that to to meet them wherever they're going, get through customs stuff like that to follow vampires. As they run, because when when you hit a vampire nest, some of them scatter like rats. They form up somewhere else and go to another country and try and start again. Well, no, 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 no. Jaegers follow them until they're all dead. That's their job. It's their only job. And they do it well. So, let's see what else we got here. Bam. Oh, here is uh, Yuri's brother, Mikhail. Mikhail Jiroff. Yuri's big brother uh, taught his little brother how to hunt and track all that stuff when he was little. And uh, when their village was was destroyed, everything fire and uh, all their people are dead or dying. Uh, he took Yuri and he ran because his mother, with her literal dying breath, told him to keep his brother safe, get him safe, get him out of here. The tribe must survive. So he did that. He got him out. Tried to get him off the mountain, but didn't quite make it. Had to sacrifice himself to get his brother out. And I got a clip for that. I'm going to show it right now. Yep, this is him uh, defending against a vampire attack. uh, Doing it alone because his brother is like seven. So there's no way he could fight this thing. And as you can see, the action is pretty crisp. The only only, uh, cheat that they do is what happens in a cheat a lot of times in movies. Is they do jump cuts. Which, again, I will forgive because it's a common movie cheat. So, anyway, he, he kicked his little brother off the cliff to get him clear. And look at the face. He knows he's going to die. He knows he's going to die. And he knows what he's doing. And that's what he did. He had stuff to do. He had a job to do. He promised his mom. He did the job. And that was it. And he died. He died a hero. 
or darn it. No, he didn't. He survived that attack barely, and then the vampires turned him. Suck. Giant suck. He works for the main vampire now. And when I mean works for, the main vampire turned him, and in this series, uh, that, that creates a bond between master and servant. He literally cannot disobey his master. Incapable of doing it. He can think what he wants. Whatever he wants. He can feel or think whatever he wants. But he physically cannot do anything against his master's wishes. It is stopped at the point of action in his brain. Sucked. Yes, he lived long enough to see himself become a villain. He full-on Arthur Dented this one. Bad. But during the series, you're wondering, is he still a good guy? I mean, sure, he looks like he's messed up. But remember, all these scars he got defending his brother, so it's not a thing. Oh, vampires suck. Boo hiss. Oh, you mean... But So it seems like he doesn't want to be doing this, but without orders, he sure kills a lot of folk, you know? He sure seems to like it. He seems to like it. So throughout the series, you're not sure if he's good guy, bad guy, or otherwise. You're not sure. It's not great. Now, our first antagonist is... Kirshner. He is a royal vampire. Now, there, there are two different, vamp- two different types of vampires in this series. There's royal and slave. Royal vampires uh, have telekinetic powers. They can fly a little bit. They can float. They can move small objects with their minds. Uh, they, they have a, a much more human appearance all the time. Whereas this, and, and, and they can walk in sunlight. Slave vampires, they have a human form and a, and a vampire form. In the human form, they're not much stronger than regular humans, but in their vampire form, they have the supernatural strength and speed and all that stuff. But they are not invulnerable to sunlight. In their human form, their their skin is a layer of protection, but they have to wear clouded sunglasses because the, when the, if the light touches their eyes, their eyes burn out. And in their vampire form, they just literally cannot go out in daylight. They'll burn up like a cinder, like, you know, lore. Now, uh, this guy... Kirshner. He's a pompous prick. He is, but he was written that way. I get it. Because he's arrogant. He's extremely old. And the older you get as a vampire, you think the more invulnerable you are and the more right you are and the more everyone should lick your boots. That is common in vampire lore and it's not uh, It's not uncommon here either. Royal, royal vampires seem to have a thing for that. Now, in the first half of the series or so, he's in direct command of all the vampires you see. He's the guy in charge. Now, you find out a far older and more powerful vampire is in charge of the actual Ark search. He's the one who started it all in motion. He learned about the Ark. He made all the steps to find it. He's in charge of the whole thing. And Kirshner is actually a lieutenant. Now, I'm not going to ruin it. I'm not going to tell you who the bad guy is. I'm not going to tell you all that stuff and, and about Yuri's dad because Yuri's dad's still around, kind of. So, yeah, I'm going to tell you all that stuff and what's really going on with his brother because I want you to watch it. I want you to watch it. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give it four stars. Now, if you remember my star rating list, four stars is, is squarely in the green. This is something, if you're going to watch an anime, this, this is one you don't miss. The action is good. Like I said, the only problems I had were uh, a little bit of blurring from inanimate objects, but four stars. They were... Four stars. Four stars. <laughs> well, Baldahar knows. Four stars. Oh, Baldahar. Thank please, you. Please, no, no, no. 
No! Four stars. Yep, there you go. Well, <laughs> just just to be fair, that I made that four-star thing for Baldahar because uh, Garthon is less severe with uh, with comics than I am with anime, and he'll give almost he'll give seemingly almost everything four stars. So I made that for Baldahar because Baldahar just kept saying, "Oh, it's got to be four stars." He gives everything four stars, but I don't give a lot of anime four stars. Last year, the highest anime rating was four and a half. That was a high. I never I didn't give a five star in two thousand eight. Universal laws for lackeys. Context. Thank you, Duncan. That's exactly right. Had to give the context for the four-star thing. Now, like I said, good action, a little bit of blurring, but I forgive it because it's with inanimate objects that are supposed to be faster than the human eye can follow, and a little bit of jump cuts here and there, but they did not make the cardinal sin of body morphing, like uh, changing the the uh, build of a body to simulate fast movement or blurring limbs to simulate fast movement. I hate that. That's just laziness. You're not drawing the frames. Get out of here. But if they eliminated the jump cut and they eliminated the blurring of inanimate objects, I might have given this a four and a half. Oh, let's go, let's go to the story. The story was, was, was layered. I love a good onion anime where uh, you have the lair, you have the bad guy, you defeat the bad guy, but you find out, you peel that layer away, oh no, there's there's another bad guy beneath that. There, there, there's another subplot we got to go through. There's another thing. And you tie it in seamlessly. Okay, It's a combination of good storyboarding and good writing to put this to uh, bring the the separate layers of the onion together and and uh, merge them seamlessly. It's hard to pull off, but when it does, it's a beautiful thing. And this one pulls it off. I like it. You didn't feel like the goalpost was constantly being moved on you. You you wanted to you wanted to peel that next onion layer away because it's so much fun. And the supporting cast they're developed not super developed. This isn't assassination classroom type developed. But they are developed. They're not just paper people. Halfway through the series, all of the all of the good guy and bad guy supporting cast are three-dimensional. They're, they're written to the point where they're real people. Uh, there's a lot of talk about a season two Ravenslayer. I hope they do it too. I want to see it. And what I really liked about this, I really liked about it, is they fought the urge to give Yuri a love interest. Partway through the, the season, I was like, uh-oh, here comes the girl. And there she is. The girl who is infatuated with Yuri because he's a bad boy and he's dangerous and he's broken and blah, blah, blah. It's all cliche. But he just comes out and says, nope. Sorry, lady, I, I, I took the red pill. I'm out. I'm going my own way. Nope. I'm not I'm having this. And they, they fought the urge to make him fall in love with her. He didn't, he didn't treat her badly. He let her down easy. Like, no, I got stuff to do. And it's all about killing folk. So if you're around me, that's bad. You got to do your own thing. I'll do my thing. And that was awesome. I loved it. I loved it. They always try and shoehorn a love interest in this thing. But they fought the urge this time, which I like. Now, I don't really have any big problems with this. I mean, if, if they had done the action a little bit better, that would be four and a half. If they had developed the cast as much as they did in Assassination Classroom, this would have been a five-star. If they had done those two things, this would have been a five-star anime. But a four-star is nothing to sneeze at. This is, this is good. Watch it. Now, the only as I was watching this, they had a shipping company, right, as a cover. But they also said they had the shipping company as a source of money to fund the actual operation. But they never really shipped anything for money. I mean, they didn't even talk about it as a throwaway line that, you know, 
we've got real business as well. So I'm wondering where all the money went, you know, where it all came from. Because they were spending money hand over fist in this thing. Going from Japan to Belgium to Eastern Europe to all kinds of places. They went everywhere with a fake source of income. So that's, it's, it's nitpicking. Yes, I know it's nitpicking. But that's all I got, man. That's the only thing bad about this thing. So four stars, definitely, definitely watch it. It's going to be a good deal. You're going to like it. All right, now here's another one. Godzilla, the Planet Eater. This is the third of three Netflix installments uh, of their re- their their reimagining of the Godzilla franchise. Oh, Marhawkman says, uh, would you say the characters were better developed than the alternate universe characters in Dragon Ball Super? I would say yes, because they had more time in this than they did Dragon Ball Super. In Dragon Ball Super, they only gave each of the alternate universe characters maybe 10, 15 minutes for their backstory, and then it was all fighting. But that's that's what Dragon Ball is. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that they had more time with Sirius the Jaeger, but didn't didn't get, get to the they got to a fun they got to a fine level. They got to a fine level of fleshing out the supporting characters, but not great. They did a good job, not great. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, this is Godzilla the Planet Eater. Now, if you watch the first two, you should, because there'll be spoilers in this, because I'm talking about the last of three parts, so there's going to be some spoilers. Uh, Godzilla, actually, monsters started to appear on the Earth, and then Godzilla appeared and started killing all the monsters. Everyone's like, yay, Godzilla's a hero of humanity, and then when all the monsters are dead, Godzilla started killing all the people. And no one could beat him, because he's Godzilla. He had an invulnerable shield. He had a he had atomic energy breath that could pierce anything. Just you'll see that later in my clip. But uh, yeah, it's bad. It's just it was bad. So they left. They built themselves a giant ship and they got out of dodge. They went to another planet. They got to that planet and it was a crap hole. And what I mean by crap hole is like it's got air sorta. It's got vegetation sorta. It's got water, sorta. Wasn't great. So they decided to turn around and go back. Now, they were going relativistic speeds to get there. They went relativistic speeds to get back, which means by the time they got back, 20,000 years had gone by. 20,000 real years had gone by. And the whole planet was dominated by, by Godzilla. There's no other living thing that isn't like Godzilla. It has scales has energy shields i mean if, you, if it survived it was because it evolved it hyper evolved to be more like the dominant creature on the planet which was godzilla and then they went and tried to kill godzilla i'm going to get into that in just a second now uh, these are the details now you know something's gone wrong this is just my experience when you have two directors or two writers something's going to be wrong and this one's no exception sorry that's the way it is now, Japan got this one first in November, and we got it January 9th. So just uh, just 10 days ago, this thing came out. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm getting here. Yay. And it's only 90 minutes, and you can watch it, of course, on Netflix, because Netflix paid for it. So, there you go. Now, main characters. Hauro Sakaki. Uh... He he was he was the reason that they went back to the Earth. Him and and his, and his buddy uh, Metfees, who is an alien, 
uh, who came to the Earth and said, listen, uh, we've seen this on our planet and other planets as well. When, when monsters start coming around, you got to go because the monsters are going to win. So they actually helped humanity build the ships to get the heck out of Dodge. But uh, he had a plan to kill Godzilla. He'd been working his entire life during this trip to this crap hole planet. And Metfi's got a hold of this plan and said, eh, this might work. And leaked it to the populace. When, when they saw this crap hole planet, they said, let's just go back and kill Godzilla. So they did. They went back and they found Godzilla and they killed him. Bam. Only it wasn't the real Godzilla. It was a Godzilla baby. Just happened to be the same dimensions as the Godzilla they left. The Godzilla they left had been constantly growing these last 20,000 years. Now he's as big as half a mountain. And the original plan at that point fell apart. The the uh, the other aliens, the Bilusarildo or whatever they're called, I can't pronounce their name. I can't do it. Uh, the the I just call them the, the Neanderthals in my head because they got the brow and everything and they're all like, you know, like angry and stuff. But uh, they had a plan for Mecha Godzilla. Only Godzilla got to it first before 20,000 years ago before they could activate him. But they found the the place where it was built, reactivated Mecha Godzilla as a city, kind of like uh, kind of like. I guess you could say it's kind of like a, a Cybertron or whatever at this point, a city or or, or I, f- I forget the transformer that was the city. Darn it! If someone if someone put it in chat. If you if you remember it, but uh, and then that failed. So he's basically boned at this point. Uh, they got nothing. Uh, he's struggling to think of a to think of a way to beat this this giant OG Godzilla, and he's coming up goose eggs. Come up nothing. Now during this time that he's trying to find a way, his buddy Metfis shows his true colors. Nope, Elgarian, not not Cybertron. That's that's the planet they came from. But there was a on on Earth there was a city that turned into a giant. A, a giant Autobot. I want to say Autobot City, but that's not it. I, I think he had a real name. But anyway, Metfis showed his true colors, right? Uh, surprise, all the Exif were D-bags the entire time. Their whole plan was not to help humanity. They came to humanity. They said, oh, no, you're going to get boned. We got to go. And then they shoved, and they got them away. They knew that the planet they were going to was a crap hole and no one would want it. They knew it. They knew it already. When they got there, Metfis. Oh, Snow Lily, how you doing? Uh, when 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 they got there, Metfis uh, was searching for someone with a plan. Brave Maximus. I don't think that's it. That doesn't sound right, but it could be. Uh, he was the entire trip. He was looking for someone with a plan to go back to an excuse to go back to Earth. Because he knew what was waiting for them there. He knew that the, the giant Godzilla is unstoppable. He wanted the Earthlings back there because he drank the, mon- the Kaiju Kool-Aid a long time ago. And when the monsters came to his planet, they basically started worshipping them. Going to other inhabited planets throughout, throughout the universe. Uh, finding the ones with monsters on them. Getting the monsters nice and big and fat so they can summon their god to come and eat the monster and the planet. Because they believe that the entire universe is going to die anyway. It might as well die being eaten by our god from another dimension. And who's our god from another dimension? Ghidorah. The three-headed dragon from the original series. Reimagined as a three-headed and super long... You don't actually see his body. Because he lives in an alternate dimension. And the Exif actually summon him 
using using people as I believe as uh, sacrifices to uh, to bring him into this reality, so so that he can munch 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 on the monsters and the planets. Now, its only purpose is to destroy advanced beings, the 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 kaiju. So it can stay in this universe. If it eats enough advanced beings, it will be permanently in this universe and be able to eat the whole universe. Assuming, like, I assume it's what it did to its dimension. It ate everything there. And it wants to eat all of our dimension too. And the exif are like, yay, that's a good idea. No. But hey, you know what? That's what happens. Now, it is the center of the exif religion. The exif religion is, uh, is basically nihilistic. The entire universe is going to die horribly anyway. Let's just speed it along, end everyone's suffering. That's their plan. They actually think they're helping by killing everyone early rather than later because it's better to like rip off that band-aid, right? That's their thing. Oh, Mar Hawkman loves Ghidorah and the snow is like, I mean, everything has to eat. Well, yeah, but if you eat your entire dimension and you got to mess with somebody else's, somebody else's playground, man, you're just being a D-bag now, all right? I'm just saying, stay in your own plate, you know? You finish your plate, that's all. You're done. Don't don't mess with my food. Don't do that. And uh, I have a clip. Yeah, that's right. I have a clip of of uh, of Ghidorah in action, and I'm going to play it right now. He's fighting uh fighting Godzilla. So that's going to be fun. Now, I wish there was sound. I really do. But uh, there's no way it would it would go up on YouTube and not be able to not not take a hit for this. So, it's going to be no sound. Here comes Godzilla with his with his atomic laser attack. And oh no, physics don't count. It's from another dimension. Physics don't matter. And as you as you saw, Godzilla's claw passed right through it because it's not fully manifested, except the fact that it can hit Godzilla. Now I kind of call a BS on this one because even even now. Even while it's touching Godzilla, he still later on he still can't attack it, which I call BS on. I mean, uh, if you're if you're immaterial, then you're immaterial, you know. Sorry, but apparently it's it's a it's an actual god. Maybe I don't know, something. So yeah, so you get lots of giant kaiju stuff like that. Only problem is, I only gave it two stars. I'm gonna tell you why. The, the computer animation is good. I'm not a fan of computer animation at all. Definitely not. This one's good. You know, uh, Netflix is learning. Uh, blame, Gantt Zero, better, 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 Godzilla, better still. Okay? But uh, still not a fan. But for computer animation, it was good. Now, what I didn't like it. As an ending, it's awful. Now, it's awful for me. All right, because I call these endings un-American. Now, this is a Japanese film. That irony is not lost on me. All right, and the hypocrisy definitely not. But I like to have the good guys win and the bad guys lose. That's a spoiler. If you like that too, no, don't watch it. Humanity does not win. No. Some people are going to say, "Oh no, humanity won from a certain point of view." Well, thank you, Obi Wan. It didn't. It. It didn't help Luke. It's not helping me. All right. You can take your certain part of view and shove it up your butt. And the thing is, Godzilla isn't the bad guy anymore in number three, but he's also still not the good guy. All right. Now, 
you could argue that this harkens back to the original Godzilla, where he was more of a force of nature, neither good nor evil, just something that is, like a tornado or a typhoon or a tsunami or whatever. It's just something that is. But the problem is that all of these things, you're, these forces of nature you're talking about, they eventually go away. Godzilla never goes away. You can't kill him. You can't live with him. You're screwed. So humanity gets screwed. Suck. Just suck. Oh, Raven's like, the very end made him cry. It didn't make me cry, but I was super sad. I was like, nope, this is not the ending I would have written. Not at all. Duncan says, how they solve this. Show the Lieutenant Tardigrade learning exercise where you demonstrate that you have six cookies and eat all your cookies. You still have no cookies. You will have no cookies. Oh, that's, that's also mean. It's also super mean. Lieutenant Tardigrade is learning mean lessons from, from the Discovery captains. All right, well, that is, uh, that is my anime on the stream. Thank you very much for listening, stopping by. I really appreciate it. What'd you think of this segment? Throw it up in chat. If you're watching on YouTube, throw it in the comments. Uh, what'd you think about uh, Sirius the Jaeger and, and Godzilla the Planet Eater? I want to know your thoughts on it as well. I mean, we got Raven's Lair's thoughts. You must conserve your cookies. Got it. And uh, if you have any suggestions for future anime, like Sirius the Jaeger was a suggestion from Raven's Lair. Raven's Lair, I do know what you're talking about. I'm not going to say it because people who want to watch this thing, I'm not going to ruin that for them. They're, they're going to they're gonna be hitting the heart on their own. I'm not going to do it. Oh, Baldahar. Heathen Dog, the stream eater, greater than Godzilla Planet Eater. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. That warms my cold, dead heart. I appreciate it. Thank you. And, of course, you can comment on Discord and Twitter as well. And we read it all. We read it all and we respond. Okay, don't miss an episode. Follow with notifications and subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. And you too can, can be notified when we go live. And you can get in on the subscriber-only giveaways that happen every month. Even if you're not if you're just a follower, you can get in on the on the game giveaways. But the high dollar stuff is for subscribers only. That's how it works. And of course, you can subscribe on YouTube with the notifications. So you can see when we drop this uh, this episode. Now, this episode as a full uh, live stream will be cut up. We'll be on. We'll be full live stream on YouTube as well, but also be cut up into sections and posted separately. So if you just want to watch anime, or just want to watch comics, or just want to watch the random number generator, that's fine. You can do that too. And if you want more of me, little old me, you know, you can watch my Heathen Dogma, sure, but uh, you can also watch my team ups, so Star Trek Online with uh, Garthon and, and Elgarian. And currently on Mondays, I'm playing This War of Mine, the, the DLCs, because Max Leia bought them for me, which is bad because they're super sad. Super sad. Very depressing. But I got to play them. So there's that. Damn it. Oh, well. All right, now it's time for our RNG. The RNG, the Random Number Generator, with the Legion of Myth weekly live stream host just me today, discusses anything and everything, gaming, anime, TV, sci-fi, anything nerd we can do. Uh, the RNG airs live every Saturday at 8 p.m. Central Time on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. Come and join us in discussions on all things nerd. And if you have a topic you'd like us to cover, let us know. Throw it in some comments. Uh, now, you already know what the dice rolled today if you were watching because uh, I told you 
The RNG is all about the Orville. Now, not the Orville as a whole, just season two. I'm just talking about season two. Oh, no, no, we, we took a break on Neverwinter. Oh, you got a level 60 there. Oh, man. No, we, uh, when, when, when Star Trek is down, we will, we'll default to Neverwinter. So it became, it became a default thing at that point. So, yeah. But if we, if we do play, if Star Trek uh, goes down, then we will, I know, then, uh, then, uh, we will, we will send you a message. Don't worry. Now I'm specifically talking about the Orville season two. They've only, they're only four episodes in, so I can't, I can't say the direction they're going is super bad all i can say is their start was super bad let me tell you right now the first two episodes were all about bordis now this is what i was talking about earlier the whole gender thing the whole gender reassignment surgery for babies uh bordis's race is pre is not not predominantly they would have you believe 100 male okay well there you go but you've seen season one so you know what i'm talking about Okay, Snow Lily didn't like Orville. That's fine. But uh, Bordis, he's the straight man. All right? He's, he's reserved. He talks in monotone. It's, it's great comedy as long as you have uh, someone to bounce off of him, some, some wacky character to bounce off of him to make it funny. But Bordis, a straight man by himself, is not funny. The first two episodes, down on my left and right, they had subplots that were Bordis centric and not as a straight man, as an actual character. You, you can't have a straight man for a whole season and then, and then try and shoehorn dimensions into him in two episodes. You can't do it. It's not possible. And you take a straight man is a comedic construct. Now I'm going to tell you what the what they were the subplots were about. On the bottom left was episode one. Um, he's on the cliff. Looks like he's yelling into the into the ether or whatever. He's not. Uh, his race they urinate once a year and they make a ritual out of it. They invite friends and family. So he's urinating off of a cliff as a cleansing ritual. It sounds funny, but it was dumb. And on the bottom right, we have him and his husband. And uh, they're in couples counseling because Bordis has a porn addiction. You don't give a comedic straight man something as serious as porn addiction. It's not funny. A straight man is supposed to be funny. Again, the writer's got off the rails on this. They, they, they forgot the roles of the characters that they set in stone in season one. Yeah, Elgarian, it could be funny, but they didn't pull it off. I mean, like, like, like I said, a straight man is never funny alone, and he's too, he's too two-dimensional to exist by himself, to, to carry a plot or even a subplot. Yeah, they gimped him. Exactly right. It was bad. It was bad. Now, my next problem is Alara. Now, I love the character. I love the character. One of the more interesting characters in the show. She's young because her race is fast-tracked in the, in the, in the Galactic Union, the, 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 the Federation of the Orville Universe, because her planet is extremely high gravity. So in anywhere else, in the, basically anywhere else in the universe, 
she is like superhumanly strong and resilient. Like bullets bounce off her if they still use bullets. Bullets would bounce off her because she's so dense and so strong. And throughout the first season, she had actual growth as a character. She was young, she was inexperienced. And throughout the first season, she got more experience, experience in command, experience in situations. Uh, there was a whole episode with her uh, conquering her own fears, which was very well written and done in a way to make it entertaining. I loved it. I loved it. And then episode three of second season, she's gone. She's off the show. Now, I understand from reading articles and talking to people that she never wanted to do the show in the first place. She wants to be a movie actress. This is the, the classic problem with, with a lot of actors. They think that uh, one in the hand is not as good as two in the bush. And uh, she, she might Catherine Heigl herself into a really bad movie career and burning her bridges in TV where she was successful turns out to be a mistake. I'm not blaming her. She's got ambitions. You go for it. Live the dream, right? But uh, personally... I would, have, I would have stayed with the paycheck because 99% of actors are starving. If you're not one of them, keep doing what you're doing. But uh, yeah, if I were Seth MacFarlane, I would have thrown all the money at her to keep her that I could. Because she's she's one of she was one of the more interesting characters. May she not do a Don Johnson. Exactly right. Or Tasha. You mean Tasha Yar? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That was a train wreck. Oh my God, that was bad. Anyway, yeah, I would have thrown all the money at her just to just to get her to stay, until until I could convince her that it's what she wanted to do. I would I'd have done it just for the sake of my show. I would have, I would have done anything. But hey, that's what happens. And then we get this guy. I forget his name. I don't care. He's not gonna be on more than more than three more episodes. I'm sure. But uh, he is the love interest. Of the uh, of the first officer, which is uh, Seth MacFarlane, uh, Ed, Ed Mercer's Captain Mercer's ex-wife. Now he still has feelings for her, but she went and found this this beta male, school teacher. School teachers aren't bad, but he's definitely a beta male. All right, it's not something that that women stay with. Everyone knows that. Be- beta males are to are to support a woman until she finds an alpha male to jump to. That's just the re- that's the way it is. So he is a placeholder. In this series. I know that. It's disappointing. He's a good guy. But beta males are all good guys. You know. That's the way it is. And uh, he's not written very well. Because he had to have a bridge officer. As you can see in the bottom. Bottom right. He had to have a bridge officer come in. To to verify that a child was cheating. In his classroom. Hacking into his system. And changing grades. You're a teacher man. Do your job. It's part of teaching. Catching cheaters is part of teaching. He can't even do that. So, he's not a good teacher. He's not a good boyfriend. He's gone. In two more episodes, he's gone. He's gone. Gone. And what does that leave us? Nothing. Leaves us nothing. Now, uh, I watched episode number four, but it was this week, so it wasn't in time to make the slides. But, uh, they they had there was another problem. There was another problem. It starts off as a honeypot moves into enemy mine territory. For example, um, a krill, which we were talking about earlier, the the uh, krill in this universe are the Klingons on crack. 
like super aggressive, like everyone needs to die type uh, type Klingons. Like like Discovery Klingons, really. It's behind a security clearance, yes. But uh, uh, one of them masquerades as a woman, gets gets herself you know, infiltrated onto the Orville, uh, get, gets the captain alone with a honeypot maneuver to have him fall in love with her, and then kidnaps him. And then the Krill get attacked by another species... And they and they crash and escape out on on a planet, and they have to work together to survive, even though they hate each other. Enemy mine. It's a movie. Enemy mine. Check it out. Dennis Quaid, uh, Lou Lou Gossett Jr. It's an excellent movie, but this was just. It's like they they took the script and just copy and pasted it to this. Changed some stuff to make it Orville centric, but that's it. Very disappointing. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the show right now. Maybe it's just a burp, a hiccup. I don't know. But uh, so far, so bad, basically. Um, there are parts of it that are entertaining. You know, there are parts that are entertaining. I, I'm not going to say that's not. Uh, in the first episode, uh, the, the peeing thing was, wasn't, wasn't so great. But in the second episode, the main plot was saving a civilization whose son was destroying the planet. And 100 years ago, they moved underground into a into a the opposite side of the planet not opposite but you know d- deep in a, into a tectonically stable part of the planet to extend their civilization well they have to rescue their civilization from the planet before it completely breaks up that was fun that was fun but of course bordis with his porn hub addiction got a virus in the computer and made it all bad again that was dumb bordis is not used properly in this context did she get pregnant no they didn't say anything about that. They, they probably did do the nasty, but they didn't allude to a pregnancy anywhere on that, which is good because that'd be super weird because krill are not, krill seem like they'd have teeth down there. You know what I mean? So mm, probably not great. But anyway, yeah, the, the direction for the Orville, not, it's right, right now it's stuttering, it's stumbling. And if it keeps going like this, it could fall. Well, so not technically enemy mind. No, no, no. And enemy mind. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, that. But to be fair, Dennis Quaid's character didn't have any genetic material. Really, the traditional type thing, with the alien. So, yeah. Don't make me laugh, Andre. <laughs> so still, still, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's stumbling. It could fall. If it if the writing doesn't improve and uh, and you go everyone goes back to their lanes, stay in your lane, man. Keep keep Bordis in the straight man comedy lane. Keep him there. That's where he belongs. You let Alara go, and the the, the replacement for Alara, an attractive, capable, young woman. The replacement is the 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 guy who played the live action Tick. I'm blanking on his name right now, but he's in he's in full outfit. He's got a he's got an elephant snout that's attached to his belly. That's what they replaced her with. Not a super move. Not a super move for ratings. Not great. Anywho. That was the RNG. Thank you very much. For coming by uh this is again our inf- information advertisements but uh i'm also going to start our end stream segment i appreciate everyone for coming 
And uh, yeah, uh, again, this is our boom. It's full screen this one. This is our current goals. I, you saw it earlier. You're going to see it now. This is, this is what we want to achieve. And when we do achieve it, we are going to have prizes for everyone. It's Elgarian's prize innings just everywhere. And then, of course, if you want to join the Legion, anything wrong, anything good with this episode, go ahead and throw it up in Discord, Twitter, YouTube, or here on Twitch. Be awesome. And of course, you want to keep us going. Patreon subscriptions, Streamlabs donations, Legion of Myth gear especially. And of course, you could cheer just like Baldahar did right now. And it would be cool. Patrick Waterburn. Yes, thank you. Patrick Waterburn is the right answer. Thank you. Yes, remember our giveaway next month. Thank you. Thank you, Algarian. Uh, remember, the giveaway is next month, sometime in February. Haven't gotten the dates down yet because Garthon's gone. But subscriber giveaway, $25 Amazon gift cards. And for followers, we're going to give away video games. Two, two Steam games are, get, are being given away for people who just stopped by. That's what's going to work. And save your money for Gen Con 2020. We're all going to be there. We want you to be there too. And of course, Max the Owl streaming. Don't miss his streams on YouTube. You're going to love it. You're going to want it. You're going to laugh your butt off. Check it out on YouTube right after this. Here's our, here's our schedule. Live it, know it, love it. It's going to be great. Uh, Duncan Idaho, he is he is playing kind of the same character, so you you might like it, but meh. To live it, know it, love it. This is our schedule. Stop by. We'd love to have you. Elgarian would love to have you, especially rpo.com, sodahelp.org. Don't miss them. Check them out. And of course, for everyone, everyone there right now, we want to thank you very much for being here. And everyone have a good night.